Thanking you, Lord God, for your precious son. Thank you, Lord. There's no greater love. Yes, Lord. But he laid down his life. Yeah. To set us free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made. Yes, Lord. Yes. We thank you for all of the suffering and obedience that you went through. Yes, yes, Lord. To set us free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for rising out of the grave on that third day. Yes, Lord. Yes. With all power and all power. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We can never thank you enough. Yes, Lord. For truly, yes, there is no greater love. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you. Thank you. We come this morning, Father, on this resurrection day, Father. Yes. To lift up thy son. Yes. Well, he said that if he be lifted up, that he will draw all men unto him. Yes, yes, yes. So here we are right now, Father. Right now, Lord. We come before you, Father, as humble as we can, Father. Yes, yes. Lord. Thanking you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thanking you for the blessings. Yes, Lord. Thanking you, Father, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the greatest blessing of them all, your son Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, we come asking you to look down upon this congregation. Yes, Lord. For somebody standing in need of a blessing this morning, yes, Father. Lord. Yes, Lord. And we ask now, Father, that you just move through there, this congregation, Father, in a mighty and powerful way. Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. We come this morning, Father, asking you to look down upon our sick and shut-in, Father. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody desired to be here but was not able to be here, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We ask now, Father, that you just bless them right now, Father. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. We ask now, Father, to look down upon the bereaving families this morning, Yes, Lord, yes. And let them know, Father, that joy will come in the morning. Thank you, thank you. And then, Father, we come asking you to look down upon our homeless right now. Yes, Father. yes, yes. Bless them, Father. Yes. Be their provider, Father. Yes. For they need you right now, yes. Father. And then, Father, we ask that you just rain down your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. We ask now, Father, for wisdom and understanding. Yes, Lord. Yes. We ask now, Father, that you lay your hands upon yes. the house of this church. Thank you, Lord. Give them a word from our high. Yes. A word that might be able to help somebody on this Somebody, somebody. Help them, Father, to continue to lead your people. Your people, Lord. In the way that you will help us go. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just got so much to be thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And then, Father, I want to thank you for the one that came out this morning in your name. In your name. We pray, Father, that something will be said or done that might help them. Yes, Lord. On this Christian journey. It is in the blessed name of our Son, Jesus Christ, yes, that we do pray. Yeah. And we give thanks. Thank you, Lord. 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 For all things. All things. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes, yes. Amen. You you be mine. Oh, be be mine.
And we need to stop thinking around like what if, what if so, what if so ever. Yes. Say, okay, I'm broke, now what? So what? My body hurting, but so what? God did say all sickness are not unto death. But Paul told us, y'all, and I'm trying to give us a mind since we go into prayer, because God don't want you to pray to him, you not gonna believe it's gonna happen. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. But to die is gain. So devil, there's nothing you can do to me. Hallelujah. Did I come out a loser? Y'all see what I'm saying? So let's pray. If we can go be to pray that Tasha and the kids have a recovery and whatever small obstacles you may have, then God will move them out. And everyone in this setting, everyone that you represent, God will move you out. We serve a risen sin in the world today. We can do everything but fail. Amen? Let us go to the mercy seat. Oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Oh, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to say thank you. I want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I want to thank you for the great things and the small things. I want to thank you for valid experiences and the high mountaintop experiences. Father God, I thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. But before we ask you for anything, we ask, oh God, that you would create us a clean heart and renew us the right spirit. And then when you have done it, Father God, we beg and beat you, oh Lord, to give us a fresh anointing. Wonderful little God, from the sole of our feet to the crowns of our head. Father God, we know that we are not worthy to call upon your name. We know we don't have a right to approach your throne. But because of the powerful blood of your son called Jesus, we have a right and a privilege to approach you boldly and claim what you said is ours. Father God, we know you can do all things well. You're too wise to make a mistake. So, Father God, if somebody needs you one thing, if somebody needs you for another, we don't know what our neighbor standing next to us needs or what's on their heart. But, Father God, we pray on their behalf. We intercede on our family and our brothers and sisters' behalf right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask, so Father God, if someone needs a, a, a healing in their body, that you would do it right now in the name of Jesus. You are involved in here. The Bible says that by your stripes we are healed. Father God, right now, you said that you can do all things. Father God, we ask you to go and someone's in the hospital and that's from our midst that you know, and kept at home, that you will, Father God, enter into their room and let the hem of your garment, Father God, overshadow them, fix their situation. Some of us that standing here in the sanctuary, oh God, need you for one ailment or another. Father God, we don't ask you to do it for our namesake, but do it for your namesake. Father God, we ask you to do it not so that we can say that we're doing okay, but so we can tell the world what a mighty God we serve. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, someone needs a breakthrough right now. Someone needs a financial blessing. Someone needs a decision made on their behalf. We ask, so Father God, that we know that you're Jehovah Jireh. So we ask that you allow the spirit of, of poverty and failure to be removed from the life of your people. A lot of spirit of success right now and accomplishment breathe in the lives of your people right now in the name of Jesus. Make a way out of your way. Turn the search circumstance around. Fix it, Jesus, like you said you would. Father God, right now, when you said, told us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, Father God, be a battle axe in the time of the battle. 
Father God, put a hedge of protection around your people are not strong enough to fight. Father God, what we feel like we want to throw in the towel that we can't go any further. Father God, reach beyond the break and hold on to us. And give us a mindset to hold on in spite of the circumstances and situation. Change our thinking. Give us a mind which is in Christ Jesus right now. And Father God, if there's something that I didn't mention in this prayer, Father God, allow our Holy Spirit that you'll give and teach every one of us to make intercession for us and utter utterings that we don't know how to utter. Father God, because you know what we need and when we need it. We thank you, oh Father God. And Father God, give us the spirit of thankfulness in the midst of our struggle. Help us to be thankful no matter what we're going through. Father God, help us be thankful. Help us not wait till the storm is over. Help us not wait till the rain stops flashing, falling. Father God, help us right now to be faithful in all things. We need you, Father God. We cannot do without you. Bless your people right now. Keep them right now. Give us a good time in you today. Allow your spirit to bind, to, to bind around us and suck with us today as we worship and praise your magnificent holy name. If you do these one simple thing for us, oh Father God, we'll be coming to you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. All who love the Lord say amen. 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 And amen. Put your hands to God.
we ought to be able to rejoice and be glad. Amen? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a blessing to be able to walk in here and all recognize to you. Amen? Some people got, some people woke up and they didn't get up. So we ought to thank God. We just have so much to be thankful for. I just take this opportunity to visit everyone to thank everyone for visiting us and thank you this morning. So if you listen to us this morning, just go ahead and stand to your feet. So asking me a real personal welcome. Amen. I know the Rock family don't want to send y'all son. Y'all are really not visitors. Y'all can stand here. Amen. It's so good to see all of you. It's so good to see all of you. And I know all of you is in the sanctuary today. This is resurrection. Okay, this is the day that, that the basis of our faith is, is what our faith is based on. Amen? Without, this, without what we're celebrating today, we would have no faith. There are many other religions that we can be a, a part of, but none of them serve or worship a living God. Amen? And as you see, as the message goes with it, the grave is not the only proof that he lives in our soul today. Amen? Amen. You know, like, I know, you know, anybody can tell you, like, you know that God is real in your soul. Amen? Amen. We thank God for you being in the sanctuary this morning. Okay, can't pray for our second shut-in. And as we, as Sister Morrison did uh, mention, continue to do to do that. Amen? Amen. God has great things in store for New Jews, and all we all we require to do is just be faithful. That's all we require to do. Just be faithful in what you call to do, and let God handle the rest. Amen. Amen. Reverend Jenkins and I know Reverend Jenkins and I are our presence this morning. But they're uh, in Pensacola they have some they, they needed to take care of Reverend Jenkins is doing just great. We want to keep him in prayer. God should continue him on his recovery. Amen? Amen. He, he is doing well. We thank we thank God just for healing his healing power. Amen. Amen. And if anybody uh, missed, I don't think I did it charge to the head, not to my heart, but we love all of y'all, amen? Amen. 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 Now, it is often time. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, bring those ties and we still meet in my house. And open up, child of God, sit down, open up the windows of heaven. And boy, you are the blessing that you can not receive. It's a part of giving. Giving is a part of worship. And we know that God's going to make it all right. He said he will work all things together for our good. Amen? Yeah. He's not asking you to give because you're in a position to give. He's saying, walk by faith and not by sight. Call those things that are not as if they are. I'm a little witness for that day that God does all things well and he will never, never fail you. I'm a little witness of that. Amen. So I'm not telling you this what the Bible said when you pay your time. I'm telling you what I'm a living witness of. Amen. What we're going to do, we're going to bless this off in advance before you pray. Give you off in a good spirit. Because it will help out, it will help out bottom line, but it won't help you none if you're in a wrong spirit. God loves the cheerful giver. Amen. He sure does. All right, let's bless it off in advance. So, Father God, we thank you right now for this partial service set aside so that your people can get back to you that which you've given to them. Father God, we know we can't get you given. We know that, Father God. You've been so good to us. You know, we don't think about you, you think about us. 
and we thank you. So, Father God, everyone here is not in a position to give. But, Father God, they're going to call those things or not as if they are. And bless you as you require anyway. Father God, I ask you to turn it back to your people seven, so sevenfold. Press down, shake together, and run it over. Come against that spirit of failure and poverty in the lives of your people. And allow them to enlarge their territory. Work things out to give together for their good. Let people, Father God, give unto their bosom right now. In the name of Jesus. Let this offer be used for the betterment and upbuilding of your kingdom. When different days are over down here, send us a place anywhere in your kingdom will be just all right with us. And all the love of the Lord say amen. amen. And amen. Church stand. You can come from the back. Quiet us some music.
and entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted, ye see Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. And we know that God's word is already blessed. Amen. the resurrection morning, I like to put a tag on it. You can take a seat and press the Lord. Put a tag on his text. The resurrection angel. The resurrection angel. Throughout the Bible, those of us who read the Bible, we know that God uses angels to make special announcements. In Genesis chapter 19, an angel brought a message of destruction to Sodom and Gomorrah. In Judges chapter 13, the name angel announces the birth of Samson. In Luke chapter 1, the angel announces the birth of John the Baptist and the conception of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, the, the angel announces the birth of Christ. There is this announcing angel called Gabriel and this warring angel called Michael. These messages, these ambassadors, when God is ready to make a special announcement, he sends an angel. The announcement of the angel, of this angel, is literally in the tomb. The announcement of this angel is literally the gospel. It is the good news and the place from which the gospel is first preached. It is, empty, it is an empty tomb that both receive and gave up Jesus Christ. The gospel is preached in a place that both received and gave up Jesus Christ. He went in the tomb dead. He came out alive. The gospel is the good news that he went in the tomb dead, but he came out alive. This is a picture of what happens on many Sunday mornings, Deacon Johnson and Deacon Cook. Somebody might have walked in this church dead, but by the life-changing power of God through Jesus Christ, you can leave here alive. Somebody was in, somebody was just trying to help Pastor testify that there was a day, there was a time when you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, but you've been made alive by the power of God through the person called Jesus Christ. You might have walked in here a sinner, but you can walk out a saint. You might have walked in here dead, but you can walk out alive. Because of the power of God in the person 
of Jesus Christ. Let me parenthetically emphasize this section of the text here next. It plainly says, New Jerusalem, that the women came to anoint the body of Jesus. Am I in the book? Why then, when telling the story, will people say that they came with embalming spices? But that's not just what the scripture says, nor is what the scripture is teaching. Because embalming is an Egyptian tradition. Jews don't embalm. They anoint normally. The dead were anointed at the time of burial. But according to Mark's gospel, however, the lateness of the hour on the day of preparation necessitated postponing the anointing until after the Sabbath. Are you still with me? Right. Because it's late in the evening on a Friday, it's the beginning of the Sabbath. And not to do any work on the Sabbath day, they lay him in the tomb, tomb of Joseph of Arimathea with the intention of coming back on the next day. Not to embalm, but to anoint. Now the anointing of the women lends new significance to the early anointing that happened in the town of Bethany. The women failed to do belatedly was in what was in fact done by another woman prematurely. Are y'all still with me? I wish I had some Bible reading here. The women in Mark chapter 16 want to do belatedly what a woman in Mark 14 did <clears throat> prematurely. This woman was a sinner and she went into the house where Jesus was and she washed his feet with her tears, dried them with the hairs of her head and broke open that alabaster box and anointed the feet of Jesus. And Mr. Jesus said, <clears throat> we could have sold this perfume <coughs> and given it to the poor. Jesus said, let her alone. Because what she is doing is a memorial of my burial. And everywhere the gospel is preached, mention what this woman did. She did prematurely what these three women went to the tomb to do belatedly. But they didn't get a chance to do it. Because Jesus was already up. Lord have mercy. They went to the tomb to anoint him. They brought aloes, myrrhs, and spices because they wanted to go to the tomb to sweeten up his decaying body. He's in the tomb. He is decaying, and their intention, their funeral errand, is to go to the tomb and make death smell sweet. They want to anoint his body. It is an act of devotion, an act of love. It's an act of pure devotion. That women in Mark, that woman in Mark chapter 14 was an act of love and devotion. These women, women at the tomb is an act of love and devotion. One is premature and the other is late because they go to the tomb to make death smell sweet. All right. But you can't sweeten up death. You can't make the cake smell good. You can't make death have a sweet aroma. I wish I had a witness in here. They went to the tomb to make death smell good. But Jesus said, I'm going to get rid of death altogether. So that when they got there, they were on a fool's errand. Because Jesus had already been risen from the dead. 
Now Mark does what is unusual in his gospel account. For the third time in the gospel account of Mark, he lists the proper names, Rock, of these women because they were at the cross, they were at the burial, and they're at the empty tomb now. The testimony of these women was the testimony of a woman was never to be believed in Jewish tradition. A woman could not testify in court in Jewish tradition. The word of a woman, according to Jewish tradition, could never be taken as any testimony. Because when a Hebrew male woke up in the morning, y'all listen to this. I'm telling you, what, what you do. can I get a Bible reading here? When a Hebrew male woke up in the morning, every day, his prayer sounded something like this. God, thank you that I'm not a Gentile. Thank you that I'm not a slave. But most of all, thank you that I'm not a woman. Because women are were kind of a little higher than cattle. A little higher than cattle. Women could not make illegal agreements. The word of woman could not be taken in Jewish tradition. So why mention it if their testimony is not to be believed? Why does Mark mention it? Because they were the only ones that stayed. Y'all miss y'all playing. How many preach this Holy Ghost? Peter's gone. Judas has already killed himself. All the rest of the disciples fled because they were scared. The only ones who are around are the women. Because women have strong faith. And even though they can't do anything about the situation or a situation, they can try to sweeten it up. He's dead, but I can try to sweeten it up. He's dead, but I can try to sweeten up the circumstance and situation. Because the other people, the other men, ran away. Their names are mentioned. Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. They refused to leave Jesus by himself. They were at the cross. They saw the jo jo Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus take his body down. They watched him put, watched them put him in the tomb, so they know where he is because they saw what the last one to see him. That's proof of the resurrection. The empty tomb is not proof of a resurrection. The risen Christ is a proof of the resurrection. The resurrection makes. The tomb meaningful, which means because Christ got up one day, my tomb one day will become empty. Because Jesus rose from the dead, an empty grave is not proof that he lived. A risen Christ who shows himself to believers is proof that Jesus is alive. He wouldn't, we would not be up in here this morning. Earlier as we are, shouting about a dead Jesus. We would not be getting up this morning and raising our hands about an empty tomb. But all of us have gathered in this church on resurrection morning, this morning, because we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, Deacon Frodo. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me. A long, nice, narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. 
preacher said it. He lives not because some church said it. He lives because he lives within my heart. I'm not what I used to be because Jesus lives in my heart. Can I get a witness in here? Can I get a witness in here? I feel his power because he lives within my heart. I feel his presence because he lives within my heart. He's alive in me. People out there, they don't believe. Uh, and they act like they believe sometimes. But if you really believe that Jesus is alive, you don't need no preacher to get you all excited. You don't need a praise team to give you, get you to get your, raise your hands up if you know that it's real. If you know for yourself, if you know in your own heart, if you know in your own experience, you don't even have to come to church to worship. God, you don't even have to be in here today to feel the power and the presence of God if he's actually alive and risen in your life. He's with you everywhere you go. You need to learn how to take the name of Jesus with you on your job. Yeah. You need to learn how to take him in your neighborhood. Yeah. You, need, you need to take him to your family reunion everywhere you go. Jesus yeah. goes with yeah. you because when you show up, he's alive and he yeah. shows up. Yeah. The only way to recognize if something is alive, y'all, is if it moves. Right. And some of you have not moved now. One time this morning, I'm about to y'all. I'm not going to bother y'all. <clears throat> This is early. I guess it's early for some of us. Some of us got kind of late on Sunday. But we had it all last night. That's all right. All right. I'm not going to worry you. I'm not going to get on your nerves. You don't have time. You don't have time for all that this morning. But for those of us who know that, we know that, we know. And we're not ashamed to let somebody else know that we know that we serve a God who woke us up this morning. Who saved us from a burning hell. Who snatched us up like a brand out of the fire. Who picked us up and turned us around. Placed our feet on solid ground. Dried our tears, y'all. Rolled away our problems. Opened doors that were closed in our face. Made a way out of nowhere. That's why I'm here this morning. I moved because he got me up one Sunday. He got up one Sunday morning. Yes, Lord. I'm pushing myself by having there are four words, there are four words, there are four things, Mother Thomas, yes. that angel, that angel preached that graveyard. I only got time to preach about two of them. I'll try the other two next Sunday. Because everybody wanna go home and eat, and I'm trying to keep them that long. But in Mark chapter 16 and verse 6, and he said to them, be not affrighted. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid. What the resurrection of Jesus means for the believer is peace. Peace. I'm no longer afraid. I'm no longer alone. I'm no longer afraid. With Christ out of the grave, I have peace. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25 said, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost. Those who come to God through him since he ever lives to make intercession for us. You can come to God because he ever makes intercession. He, can, he could not do that if he was still in the grave. I believe that's what the scripture said. The angel in the tomb, that's why, look at the text. It says that the angel in the tomb was sitting on the right side. Because Jesus is right now on the right side of the Father in heaven. Now making intercession 
for those of us who come to God through him. Every time I pray, watch this now, watch this. Every time I pray, Jesus takes my prayers, Mother Thomas, and makes God understand. With groanings, because sometimes your pain is so deep, your wound is so deep, you can't even get the words out. Your pain is so earth-shattering that all you can say is, but Jesus takes that and makes intercession for us. Anybody ever had been in trouble? Ever been so burdened down that you couldn't even pray and didn't even want to pray? You couldn't even get the words out. You wanted to pray, but you were so brokenhearted that you couldn't even get the phrase out of your mouth. But Jesus will take what you feel and bring it up to God and turn it into a prayer. your heart be troubled. Yeah. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For yeah. in my Father's house are many mansions. Yeah. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. And if I go, not meaning I may go, but and when I go, but since I'm on my way, I will come again yeah. and receive you unto myself. That where I am, then you will be also. Am I not in the book? And one of the disciples said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Yeah. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. <laughs> no man comes to the Father but by me. I am the door to the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. I am the bread of life. Can I get a witness in here? I am the water of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Everything we need, Jesus says, I am. So every believer in here this morning, every believer. <laughs> Go away from him knowing yeah. that because Jesus got up from the dead, yeah. I have peace. There is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. You know. Yes. Walking after that, but after the Spirit. We have peace with God. We're no longer alien and strangers shut out from the covenants of promise. Because the middle wall of petition has been brought low. And now everybody can go to God for himself. In the midst of my problems, I still have peace. Are y'all with me? In the midst of my sorrow, 
I still come to church because I got peace. When everything around me is falling apart, it doesn't disturb what is taking place on the inside of me because I have peace with God. Brothers and sisters, I think you have to live a while before you can have that testimony. Everybody can't have that testimony, Tasha. You got to go through some stuff before that can be your testimony. Paul said, I learned in whatsoever state I find myself to be content. I know how to act when I'm up and I know how to act when I'm down. There's a word that used they, 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 listen to this now. What's the pastor? Listen to the pastor. Check this out, y'all. There's a word that's used in psychological circles and counseling sessions that I just literally detest the word. Sorry. The word is closure. I hate to hear the word, that word. I want closure. I need closure. There, there are some wounds that you are suffering from that will never bring closure. When you lose your mother, when you lose your child, when you lose a brother or sister, you can't get closure from that. Because every time you think about it, it's painful. Walk with me now. And that doesn't mean that you're not, that, you, that you're unspiritual. That doesn't mean that you don't have any faith or courage. It just means that something, you can get closure from it. I don't like the word because it means to bring finality to something that's never going to be final. Are y'all with me? It means bringing finality to something that's never going to be found. My daddy gone. You want to bring closure to that? I wish I had a witness. All right. Yeah. My job fired me. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. My job fired me. But I'm all right with that. Yeah. I'm just using an example. My friends allow me. But I'm okay with that. Everybody around me is going crazy. But I'm all right with it. Yeah. I got peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, right. yes, 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 yes. I don't have a closure to it. I just got some peace. I'm all right with it. What is going on externally cannot disturb what's going on internally in me. And when you have real lasting peace in Jesus, you may not have closure, but you still praise God. You still shout on Sunday morning. Because you shout on Sunday morning, don't mean that everything is okay. You just got a reason to give God some praise. He says, be not afraid. And if he says, don't be afraid, he must mean he's going to stand right there with me in my stuff. Y'all with me? Anybody else here here? Had God stand with you in the midst of your stuff? Whatever your stuff was, whatever your trouble, whatever your trial was, God came to hold your hand in it. To lend his shoulder so you can lean on him in What a fellowship. What a joy divine, yeah. leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessing is Mother Tom. What a peace of mind, leaning on his everlasting arms. Yeah. Oh, how sweet to walk in the pilgrim way. Yeah. I'm leaning on his everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on his everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. 
I'm leaning. I can make it by myself. I can handle it. I can't handle it on my own. But I got peace because I know he is with me. And then in the same sentence, in the same sentence, verse 6, he speaks. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. I know you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Watch this. Here it is. Here it is. Who was crucified? Who was crucified? You look for Jesus of Nazareth. Who was crucified? Look for Jesus of Nazareth. Are intently searching for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Your Bible, now listen to this, y'all. Your Bible, your regular King James Version, but the New, Inter New International King James Version Warren said, He is risen. But the old Greek manuscript actually reads, He was raised. There's a difference between He is risen and He is raised. He is risen can mean He did it Himself. But He was raised means only God can do it. Let me see, can I make that make sense? Only the Gospel of Mark records the conversation of these three women on the way to the empty tomb. On their way, they want to know who will roll the stone away. Walk the pastor. It's heavy. It's very large. The scripture says, and they want to know who will roll the stone away. That's what they are concerned about. Their immediate concern is about who will roll this large and move this large stone away. But the resurrection doesn't need a worker. It needs a witness. When they got there, the stone was already rolled away. Y'all with me? Not for them to have to work, but for them to be a witness. Because when God does the work, all we got to do is be a witness. Your salvation is not about your work. Yes. God did the work. All you need to do is be a witness. Yes. <coughs> I wish I had some believers in here this morning who knows that the work of salvation don't depend on you because that, that's not a work you can do. And there's no type of work you can be do that's good enough uh -huh. to save yourself. Yes. Jesus paid it all. Yes. All to him I owe. There's nothing you will never be good enough to do to deserve salvation. You don't sing well enough. You can't preach well enough. I don't care what you do. It will never be good enough. That's why somebody had to do it for you. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again, Deacon Fellow? Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm asking preach this day. It didn't, I didn't earn it. I didn't marry it. I didn't work for it. He died in my place. Jesus let them crucify him. I repeat, Jesus let them. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because he had the power. You remember when Pilate said to him, check Pilate out. I love this, this segment they talk about. Pilate the lost his mind. You remember when Pilate said, do you know who I am? I have the power to take your life. And Jesus said to Pilate, Pilate hey, hey. Huh? He had been silent all this time. But he, he stepped to Jesus the wrong way then. 
Don't you know who I am? I got the power. All Jesus had to do was blink his eye and he would stop believing reason. Jesus said, Pilate, no man takes my life. I lay it down. Of what he means, follow pastor. Mean that if I lay it down, I can take it up, pastor. I can take it up again. And then he goes first. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. But the women intent on their funeral errand are preoccupied with death. They endeavor with their spices and their anxiety to bring closure. I told you I don't like the word, word. But whenever somebody has gone through something traumatic, they have a new need, a human need. It's, a, it's not a spiritual need. It's a human need to bring closure. But their need to bring closure to the tragic events of Good Friday is inadequate. All their preparations lead them unprepared for the reality they are about to encounter. They intend to bring closure at the tomb, but what they find is a commencement. Y'all know the word commencement read, right? Beginning. They go there to do something finally, and they find a commencement that's beginning something. When they get there, the angel is sitting on the right side saying, look, when you laid him. But he's not there. Now the women were there because they saw where they put him. And they expected him to be there in the same place. But when they got there, he did not meet their expectations. And I need to say this to some sinner here today. You might not come for an Easter message. This might be the first time you've been to church this year all year long. And that's all right. The good news for you is you walked in here dead, but you can walk out here alive. Because our God is risen. Come see the place where the Lord is laid. And that's what the world, world says to us, New Jerusalem. Those of us who are saved, they want to see the place where we sit on Sunday morning. The place where we testify and witness that he is risen to us. They laid him in a barred tomb because he was only renting it for the weekend. He would only stay there Friday night. He would only stay there all Saturday. But before day Sunday morning, y'all, between 3 and 6 a.m., God rolled away the stone. Not to let Jesus out, but to let those women in. Because the resurrection that does not need a working, it needs a witness. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you have witnessing power? God has raised you, you said. Then why aren't you telling somebody about it? God is out of the grave, you said. So why aren't you sharing that news with somebody? God is risen. He's not in the tomb, you said. Then why doesn't somebody hear that from you? Not just on Sunday morning. Not just in your church school class. But I want to indict all of us this morning. All of us need to be indicted this morning. If you're not witnessing with power, it may be because he's not raised in your life. But those of us who know he has power, for those of us who know that he is risen in our lives, you know God has been good to you. I'm trying to close this thing now. That you have power to tell somebody that good news about Jesus the Christ. He was born in Bethlehem, D. Johnson, rare in Nazareth, baptized in the Jordan River, performed miracles in a desert place. He wept over Jerusalem, prayed in Gethsemane, and one Friday they let him up Golgotha's hill.
still. Yes. Deacon Prince, your pastors out trying to close this sermonic presentation. When Jesus suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane, he suffered at the hands of Satan. When he suffered at Gabbatha, I don't say Golgotha, Gabbatha, so that I teach you this, Gabbatha was all the places they marched him to and had those fake trials. That's Gabbatha. He, they, he suffered at Gabbatha. He suffered at Gabbatha. He suffered at the hands of sinners. But on Golgotha, he suffered at the hand of sovereignty. On the cross, he suffered at the hand of sovereignty. Because he didn't have a doubt for you. He didn't have to. He, he allowed them to nail him to a cross. The nails didn't keep him there. Sovereignty. That means he solely reigns all alone. Y'all not feeling it. Because he's God and God alone. He's not fractured out. He don't need nobody to complete him. He said, I made you. I chose you. I died for you. Because I need to bring you back to me. Before the beginning of time, in the book of Revelation, round about the 12th and 13th chapter of Revelation, it says that he was the Lamb of God before the foundations of the earth. Before Adam was he already decided he will come and die for me. He suffered at the hands of sinners. He suffered in sovereignty while he was on the cross. The righteous for the unrighteous, the just for the unjust. And on the cross, there was a divine exchange. You hear me? There was a divine exchange. When Jesus died, he did something that accounted for me and made me righteous. He became substitution. He became substantiation. He became my propitiation that God no longer was angry with me. But God is on my side because I have somebody who's on the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. And every time I sin, you heard me, every time I sin, not once in a while, but every time. And you might be sitting here this morning thinking you're pretty good. You're not like all the rest of these people in here. You don't need to be hollering and shouting and uh, listen to the preacher holler at you. Well, come to tell you this this morning. If you don't know Jesus, you're dead in your sin. And when you die, you're going to lift up your eyes you're going to be right there in hell. But of those of us who have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, we know that when he comes again, we're going back home with him. Because he died. He, didn't he die, y'all? Didn't he die? The early Sunday morning, he got out from the grave. And because he got out from the grave, I got witnessing power. I got power to tell somebody the good news that he died for me. I got power to tell somebody that he got all power in his hand. I got power that when you look at me cross-eyed, I just got to wait a little while and your eyes will straighten back up. He died for us. He kept the law. So we might be able to take this opportunity and find someone to tell them the shit about Jesus. The resurrection angel came to preach a message. He is not here. He's risen from the dead. Just like he said he would. You got peace that surpasses all understanding? Are you with me? God said you can relax. 
All I ask is that be committed. Try to learn more about me each and every day. You need a closer walk with Jesus. Can I get a witness here? All of us need a closer walk with Jesus. Like David said, Lord, like the deer panted for the water, so my soul pants for you. You need to get a hunger for God's word. When you start your morning up, you ain't starting your morning up, and you, you woke up late, I don't care how late you woke up. You might be late for work, but you better pray for you get to going. Because you really don't got to make it to work. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Make time for God. God is not second to your plans. Y'all hear me? I don't know how intellectual or how experienced you become. God is not second to your plans. Because guess what? I don't care how experienced you are. God will take the next unexperienced person and make them accomplish more than you ever comes in your life now because they put God first. That's just the way God works. You don't understand, well, why did she or she do that? And I've been doing all of this. They ain't look like they did nothing. Because guess what? God had you working to give someone else, one of his children, something that they didn't work for. Put God first. Stand your feet. Thank you. 